This is First Down Dynasty, right here on the Sports Ethos Network. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of First Down Dynasty, right here on the Sports Ethos Network. I'm Bill Nye, the Dynasty Guy, as always, accompanied by my esteemed cohort, Mr. Eric Kravitz. I appreciate the consistency. I always feel like I'm esteemed. I am I, I am all powerful. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate the consistency that you bring every single time. You know, we, we try to do what we can. Uh and you're revered amongst many circles for many different kinds of things. Some that, good, that some bad. Yeah, that that you're also not wrong about. <laughs> no, not at all. That's pretty. That's pretty goddamn spot on, <laughs> actually. Um, uh, follow us on X. Um, at FDD on the ethos. I know we had to it's do still, the thing I know, every time. Not, 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 I'll, I'll let you re- redo it, but like the, I, I, I hear X and it still bothers me. I gotta it, be honest. Yeah, like uh, I, I want to keep saying Twitter and until because Meta owns the trademark, the copyright, or whatever it is. Do they? The, yeah, they 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 copyright they they threw like a copyright or a trademark on X for social media purposes back in like two thousand and four. So it eventually will not be called X. It will eventually go back to Twitter or whatever it want or whatever whatever Elon wants it to be. Um but 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 now it's X until further notice. So follow us there at FDD underscore ethos. You can catch us there also at BNK Radio. Well, 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 before we get into it, I, I need to uh, puff my chest a little bit. And I, need, I don't normally talk very highly of myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I'm going out of my way to do it, something awful has happened. Oh, boy. I have done something that... To my knowledge, you have never done, and I know I I've never done. I can't done it say before. I have or haven't. Um, very few people, I think, ever in recorded fantasy football history have accomplished this. Um, but I am hashtag Mister Ten in a Row. Oh, baby! And I could say that uh, with impunity because I know I'm losing this week. So ten, ten in a row was very nice. It will soon be Mr. 10 and 1. But for right now, up until next Monday, for the next five and a half days, I will revel and bask in the glory that is an undefeated record in fantasy football over the first 10 weeks. Now, is Mr. 10 in a row, is that like Mr. 3000? Is that like the benchmark? Or are you hoping that you get past that and the company that you know may, had shared that, to your knowledge, would you rather it end this week, or does Mister Eleven in a row really feel good to you? Listen, if I could be Mister Sixteen in a row, because you know, fourteen regular season, you skip um, Wild Card Week and you go to the next round. Very hard. To so do. is that? Yeah. So, however many wins that I can get, I would be nothing short of thrilled. Of course. No, absolutely, and that is a truly great accomplishment. So, good things for the regular season. Yeah, uh, speaking of good things for the regular season, season I went 2-0 against Kravitz this week. Yep. It's my flex because yeah. uh, overall, not a great season, but I have a winning record against Kravitz for the year. So that that is what yeah. we will boast about. Yeah, um, I, it, it's, it's been the uh, 
it's been the best part of your of your season. I in all in all our leagues, you know, we faced each other like ten to twelve times. I think I have like eight. I'm, I think I'm eight yep. and four or something like that. Anyway, moving on to the stuff that actually matters. It is week eleven. A lot of people coming back from injury. A few injuries to talk about. But Kravit, I want to start with a couple people that are we're in that territory now. We're in mid November. It is about a week and a half, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks till Thanksgiving. Was that next Thursday already? I'm like, believe it or not, it's already next Thursday. Yeah, okay, so we're a week and a half away from Thanksgiving, uh, which is a good football day in its own right. Kravit, this is now crunch time, a few weeks left before the fantasy playoffs. It is time of, it is a time of great importance with ads because this is where you can find that league winner. And there's a couple people that could be winning leagues. One, a little bit more out of nowhere, at a key position. Another one, not necessarily at a key position, but what has been done the last few weeks has really changed the game because C.J. Stroud is doing things as a rookie quarterback that we just don't typically see. And, my God, it has been amazing to watch. Not only is he doing things that rookie quarterbacks do, he's not doing things that regular quarterbacks do. Seasoned vets do. It the the Houston Texans won four games all of last season. All of last season, with more or less the se- the same roster. The big acquisition this offseason for them was Dalton Schultz. C.J. Stroud has completely turned the Houston Texans on their head. And if the season were to end today, they would be in the playoffs. So what he's doing for the Texans alone is remarkable. And now there are only six people ahead of him in Vegas for MVP considerations. Guys like Mahomes, guys like Jalen Hurts. After last night, it sure as shit is not going to be Josh Allen, but he was there. Joe Burrow, for some reason, is ahead of him also. These are big name quarterbacks and only nine games into his career he's already being spoken about in the same breath as these guys it's outstanding he's second in the league in yards and believe it or not the quarterback in first is sam howell of all people another crazy good season for him um he's quarterback three on the year in six point passing touchdown leagues which is goddamn bonkers it's a weird it's a weird feeling to think about because sam howell's throwing all these yards but i feel like every single one of his weapons no one like ever hits 100 everyone's always in like 50 to 80 which means he's getting a lot of people a little bit involved which is good and bad for fantasy i mean it's good i mean it's bad for um jahan dotson who has proven that he cannot be counted on when Curtis Samuel is healthy because in the eyes of Sam Howell, they both occupy the same space on the field and Curtis Samuel, the vet is going to do more than the second year man in Josh Dotson, Jahan Dotson. I'm sorry. And in terms of Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas, who's healthy, thank God Logan Thomas is healthy. Um, it's, it's good to see that all of these people have nice floors because not everybody can hit their ceiling consistently unless you're CeeDee Lamb, 
or A.J. Brown or one of those guys. And Terry McLaurin at one point was spoken about among those guys. It's obviously taken a couple of steps back over the last few years. But if Sam Howell can continue to play the way that he's playing, lead the league in yards, who's to say McLaurin can't be a top 12 guy again? Who's to say Jahan Dotson, once Curtis Samuel is gone, can't be a top 20, top 24 guy? Well, the future is exciting in Washington. And he's the most, he's doing all this with the worst offensive line in the league. And oh, whoa, whoa, <laughs> Got to stop you. Gotta stop you right there. Yes. We we are in a state which neighbors a state that has the two worst offensive lines in all of football. See, you're wrong though. So we know from up close that those two lines are bad, especially mostly because due to injuries. The Washington line is predominantly healthy, and they have given up the most sacks, the most pressures, and most QB knockdowns in the league. So as bad as it is in our stadium that hoses two of the worst offensive lines, theirs is still worse, and he's still doing all of this in spite of that. So that is somewhat impressive. So Stroud and Howell, a couple of young QBs doing some work, uh, Kravit, but in the spirit of the idea of the league winner, your boy Keaton Mitchell might just be that guy. Yes, sir. Gus Edwards is solid. Not explosive. Justice Hill was never going to be that guy. How dare you? Keaton Mitchell, though, with Lamar. Yikes. Any play could go to the house. Keaton Mitchell had four touches this past weekend. He had four, 14.3 points. Averaging three and a half points a touch. Is that sustainable? Probably not. But we saw what Jarek McKinnon did towards the end of last year. He was a PPR monster out of the backfield. And maybe, just maybe, because the Ravens have a very late bye, they have a week 13 bye, weeks 14 to 17 could end up being Keaton Mitchell's season. They really could be. Like Will had mentioned, Gus Edwards, he's more more reliable. He's the goal line guy, and they've been using him between the 20s, and he's had a very nice year. Not taking anything away from Gus Edwards. I hate the fact that you said Justice Hill ain't it because hashtag justice for crab then now forever. Um, but Keaton Mitchell, I think, is doing everything Justice Hill was supposed to do, just significantly better. He's quick as hell out of the backfield. He's got really soft hands. He's able to make really precise cuts. And I mean, I drafted him in a few places uh, with the, in the rookie draft. So kudos to me, I, I I'm I'm great. Um, but he if if after last week he was still available in your league, switch leagues because the people in that league don't care about fantasy football the way that you do if you're listening to us. So one, pick up Keaton Mitchell. Two, leave that league. And three, while you're at it, pick up Noah Brown. Because Noah Brown has had two weeks with 24 points back-to-back. Yep. And uh, with uh, Noah Brown's success, obviously that ties into the ridiculous numbers Stroud has been putting up the last few weeks. Both weeks without Nico Collins, who has been hurt, but he did start practicing at the end of last week. So he is expected back this week, which obviously should hinder Noah Brown's numbers a little bit. But... Quickly, Robert Woods, who was very solid at the beginning of the year with all these receivers getting healthy, is being pushed out 
of the top three, which now, if everyone's healthy, looks to be Brown, Collins, and Tank Dell, who is also very good. And you're wondering, can you know three wide receivers be three wide receivers be supported? The way C.J. Stroud is playing, they absolutely can be supported. Not to mention Dalton Schultz is actually having himself a fine season as well. I hate the fact that we're talking about C.J. Stroud as being some transcendent quarterback nine games into his career. That's 450 minutes of football. No, it's not. It's 540 minutes of football for those of you guys keeping score at home. Mm. But there's no way around it, which sucks. I mean, even his bad games (laughs) are solid. And just what's happened over the last few weeks has been absolutely incredible to watch. Kravitz, to the point that I'm looking at matchups this week and deciding on a lineup in a redraft league, and I'm just considering who do I start this week, C.J. Stroud or Patrick Mahomes? Now, the answer is Mahomes, but just the (laughs) fact that I paused for a moment to think about that blows my mind. Also, the, the matchup is against Philly this week, which is a solid defense, also coming off a bye. That game is going to be electric, but that is also the better defense versus Stroud, who's facing Arizona. Arizona might have found something a little bit, you know? Could be. I mean, they came back and ended up winning against Tampa Bay this week, right? They beat Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. So that was great. Kyler's back from the torn ACL. Oh, no, 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 no. Excuse me. They, they beat Atlanta. Oh, they beat Atlanta. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense. They beat Atlanta because um, Atlanta's garbage. Thank you, Arthur Smith. Um, so they beat Atlanta. Kyler Murray's looked great in that game when he came back from his ACL. He looked like a child, but he looked like a child running as fast as he could and making plays with his feet. Hollywood Brown dropped what would have been a beautiful touchdown pass about 40, 45 yards down the field, made a diving attempt, hit him in the hands, just couldn't bring it in. Trey McBride is absolutely a tight end one while Kyler Murray's on the field. And not just because tight end is a barren wasteland. There's been sort of a resurgence in the position this year, Will. A lot of viable tight ends out there. And Trey McBride with Kyler Murray and without Zach Ertz proving to be somebody who's pretty special. And I think even when Zach Ertz comes back, if Zach Ertz comes back, McBride will still have a role in that offense. He will, and I was a McBride guy last year. I liked what I saw, and as a rookie, had a solid numbers, but obviously when you're playing behind a guy like Zach Ertz and you're a tight end, you develop a little bit slower. I mean, you got a guy like that blocking you, you're going to have you know a rough time getting touches at first, but he's showing he could absolutely ball. I think we had four rookie drafts last year. I owned him in like three. Uh, so I definitely got my fair share of him, and unfortunately traded one away right at the wrong moment. Uh, got a decent return though, so you know, not too com- not too upset about that. Um, you're likely upset if you're a Derek Carr owner. Uh, another shoulder issue in addition to the ones he's had this year, but also now we tackle on concussion. I don't know if he's going to suit up this week. It looked Jameis Winston, honestly, even though they didn't score at the end of the game, was looking just fine at the end. So. Fire up your Jameis Winstons. You're probably going to get at least one game out of him. I hope so. As somebody who has a lot of Chris Olave, um, he had one target Olave did with Derek Carr on the field, and he had that target for 15 yards. 
when Seamus Winston came into play, nine receptions, 90 yards, and a touchdown. It's night and day, and that's what happens when you play Jameis Ball. And, of course, Jameis Winston had the highest average pass attempt, uh, average yards per pass attempt. I think it was like 12 and a half, something ridiculous like that. But that's when you play Jameis Winston Ball. You're going to have a high-flying offense. And that's the way I feel New Orleans wants to play, right? I mean, they're not going to have Michael Thomas for a while. He's suffered a – big injury but you have chris olave at perry had a ridiculous touchdown catch in the back of the end zone went all the way up climbed the ladder and a half to get that ball and you have your tight ends juan johnson was also somebody who was getting a lot of hype coming into this season they have jimmy graham back foster moreau is there too i'm not saying all these guys are world beaters especially jimmy graham and foster moreau i know jimmy in the fourth i know I'm sorry. You left out Taysom the God. I was about to get to him when I was talking about Alvin Kamara. Because of the two guys who I think those two guys are going to actually see decreases in value if you you have Jameis back there as opposed to Derek Carr. Because Derek Carr is the dump-off God. And who gets the dump-offs? Alvin Kamara has been a running back one, even though he missed the first three games of the year because all Derek Carr does is check down, check down, check down. That's why Chris Olave hasn't been as good as everybody who has him wants him to be. Mm, fair. Taysom Hill, I could see where you're coming from. He literally does it all. Yeah, sporadically. But, you know, we will see how it goes. They are on by this week, but obviously it didn't look good when Carr uh, left the game. So we'll see what happens with that. I, I still think he probably misses a week, but, you know, with the bye week, you never fully know. You mentioned the Michael Thomas injury, which is unfortunate. He was having a solid season. The last two weeks, season kind of fell all apart. Uh, he'll obviously never go back to being what he was. So, you know, good career. Might be droppable at this point. You know, we, we will see. It's kind of on the fence. Uh, as far as quarterbacks being back from injury, Matthew Stafford is expected back. So good news for you, Cup and Puka owners, because two weeks ago, that was god-awful. Hopefully we never see that again. And then the bye week, so Stafford expected back this week. So They signed Carson Wentz, though. As a real backup, because clearly Ripien couldn't couldn't move anything. Gravit, you could probably play better than Bryce Ripien. I just got an MRI on my neck. Well, I do feel like I'm in the NFL if I'm actually getting things, you know, checked out, checked up on and looked at. Mm. These guys get MRIs every week. It honestly wasn't nearly as bad as everybody said that it was. No, MRIs are fine. Yeah. I hear hear Aaron Rodgers is actually developing a new pain medication, so you should look into that. Challenge accepted. There we go. Um, And Krevit, one of the most exciting players, is expected back this week. He, uh, we we did like literally, literally a whole show on him from the high-powered offense that at one point was. The Are you going to get his name right? A-Train. <laughs> Devin A-Train. Because no one could get his name right with the 20,000 pronunciations. So we just call him A-Train. Easier to call by the nickname. Fine. You know, uh, yeah, I guess so. Devon A-Chan. Got it right. How you doing? Um, uh, Does come back this week. Apparently, he could have just played through his injury, according to uh, McDaniels. He said that the injury was just a sprain, but they figured for his long-term health that it would be more beneficial for him if he was out for the four weeks, which also goes to show how much pride and how much McDaniels believes in the Dolphins that 
the early season darling and let him miss four games. I think we could do okay without him. And they did just fine without him. I mean, they went, what, two and two? They won a couple, lost a couple. They couldn't beat teams. Whatever it was, it was. And that's They're life, fine. obviously. They'll, they'll, they'll end up being okay, is what I think. I think you'd have um, a different if... approach with Tyreek Hill, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, Devon Achan, obviously, coming back. And he has a smash, smash, smash matchup this upcoming weekend, if I am not mistaken. Correct? Who did the Dolphins play this week? Let's look this up. Live right here. on air. Who who are we playing? They're playing our no, they're not playing ours. They're playing Vegas. Vegas yeah. is god awful against the run. So I all of a sudden, if I am a uh HN guy, throw him in the lineup anyway, but expect good things from him. And now that HN is back where he mostered, I think will be even more effective because he's not going to be on the field every single play now. And yes, they did have Jeff Wilson back. They have Solomon Ahmed. Neither of go, neither of those guys are Devon HN. So I think the back and forth between HN and Mostert is going to lead to a lot of prosperity for the Dolphins. Fire up your trains. There you go. Um, Nope, absolutely. He's, you know, lightning quick. That's definitely going to make that offense more dangerous down the stretch run. Uh, other people expected back from injury. Justin Fields is expected to play this week along with uh, Khalil Herbert. They do have a bye coming up in two weeks. So, but with obviously the Thanksgiving week, everyone plays that week in between. Normally, I would say, well, that may hold them out until after the bye, but no, they will be back this week most likely. So, good for those owners. I tell you what, Badgent looked uh, very solid. Nothing great, but definitely solid enough considering some of the other backup quarterbacks we've seen play this year. Would you take Zach Wilson or Tyson Bajan? Right now? Probably Tyson Bajan. I'm leaning very close into my mic right now in case you yes. couldn't tell. I needed you all to hear the sigh of disappointment that came from the answer of that question. That is how direly badly the New York Jets need another quarterback. Yes. Um, well, they, they have a couple of veterans that are solid. I don't know what Zach's deal is, but as a Jet fan, to go from the corpse of Aaron Rodgers to just literally nothing and seeing the season get derailed, very, very, very depressing, very upsetting. Anyway, we're moving on because we're getting over real quick. As Jet fans, we kind of wish we would hot fire our offensive coordinator because that clearly is a problem in spite of Rodgers coming out and defending him again. But the Bills have no such qualms about removing their offensive coordinator as Ken Dorsey was fired today on the heels of a just gut-wrenching loss. The Bills and Jets are very, having very similar seasons. One is just with their quarterback playing and playing badly as opposed to our backup playing and playing badly. Their offense has been abysmal. Their team looks almost as undisciplined as the Jets. And to lose another game the way they did to the Broncos, yikes. So Ken Dorsey let go. The Kravitz, the big question is, what predictions do you have for the Bills offense from this point on for the rest of the season? What does this do for Stephen Diggs, who is clearly not happy again? Josh Allen himself. 
and any of the other supporting cast? Uh, I have a couple of things. One, um, James Cook is actually good at football. He fumbled the bag the first game, the first play of the game or the first drive of the game, whatever it was, was benched for the entire rest of the first quarter, came back and said, nah, this ain't happening again, and they ended up fumbling again. Can't forget that. Um, so I still think James Cook is the guy. Leonard Fournette is a person that they signed to, like, I, I hope, back him up. Although Latavius Murray has looked really, really, really good in relief of James Cook all year long. Latavius Murray has looked great. So I would keep an eye on that. Secondly, I think Stefan Diggs is going to be just fine. The uh, quarterback's coach is going to become the new offensive coordinator. So he knows exactly how to make Josh Allen happy. He knows exactly what he's got to do. And the only thing that they need to worry about is making sure plays happen in a positive light, that they're, are, they're limiting turnovers, that's never going to be no turnovers because uh, Josh Allen is a turnover machine, which I'm very thankful for. Thank you, Josh Allen, for being uh, bad at protecting the football. Um, but I think they're going to feed Diggs. I think they're going to overfeed him. I think they're going to make him fat with how much they're going to feed him. I think it's going to be Thanksgiving every single week from here on out in Buffalo. And Stefan Diggs is going to be happy because he is the straw that mixes the drink. When he's producing, the rest of the offense produces. When he's not doing well, they don't have anybody else to pick up the slack that much. Kincaid has been a fine option for now. Gabe Davis, if you've listened to Will or myself at all over the course of the career of Gabe Davis, you know exactly how we feel about him. Uh, they have Khalil Shakir. Like they, they have other guys, but it's Stefan Diggs, and then there's a huge drop-off in talent. So Stefan Diggs is going to be the person to make everything go round, and I do think that he will continue to uh, – I think he'll continue to end up being the person that we want him to be and he'll be a top receiver moving forward for the rest of the year. I I definitely think, um, you know, his visual displeasure and being, you know, left behind as far as forgotten under Ken Dorsey, I obviously don't think that's going to happen anymore this year. I think he's going to be the focal point. I just, it's also just a very bad timing for the Bills. And I say that because our Jets are going to up there to face them this week. I'm not saying we're going to win. I'm simply saying, for whatever reason, our defense is good to begin, but we give him fits, and we make Josh Allen's life miserable. So unless there is a drastic and immediate acceptance of the change of offense, it's going to be tough to implement a new system against a team that, at least in recent years, the last two years, has made Josh Allen's life miserable, and statistically... He has some of his worst games against us. So not a great week to make this change coming off this. I definitely think in the future, though, you know, they, you know, may have, you know, a chance to improve things. But their schedule is brutal the rest of the year. It is not going to be pretty. They have one of the hardest schedules, if not the hardest schedule remaining for the season. So it's not going to be a cakewalk if you're relying on any of the Bills players. Um, But, yeah, Stefan Diggs overall, I think, will be fine. But Josh Allen went from being just below that tier in, uh, you know, just below Burrow and just below Mahomes 
he may have slapped that slipped down a little bit. I think Hertz is definitely past him at this point. I think Hertz was past him at the beginning of the year. You have him below Burrow now? Oh yeah. Alan, oh wow. Alan, I have I have now clearly below Burrow. Not even close. Where it was like neck and neck kind of thing. Now it's not even close to me. Burrow is he was started off the year injured, but he's shown you over the last like six weeks what he's really all about. And Allen continues to make the same mistakes, play a little bit too carefree. He really is the modern-day Brett Favre. He can win you games with that arm. He can also lose you games with that arm. He will definitely, he's definitely the kind of guy that will throw four touchdowns but also have three picks in a game and just be slinging it all over the place. So what you're saying, he's the new Jameis Winston. I wouldn't put him in the Favre category yet because he has he's yet definitely, to win. Well, he's definitely a lot better than Jameis. So. <laughs> well, the, what, what you're saying, four touchdowns, three interceptions, that's Jameis. And I understand that's Favre too. But Favre has a Super Bowl. Does drop it? Does I don't think Josh Allen has uh, anything. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't have, have anything. He, has, he doesn't uh, even have a Super Bowl appearance. Nope, he's got AFC Championship appearance. Oh, that's nice. It is nice. So, so but, he's the will. He's the will of the NFL. I don't like this game anymore. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we are getting towards the end of the season, and you know, for dynasty purposes, at this point, sometimes you start seeing some rookies that really haven't gotten too much airtime begin to come out, especially for the teams that start to fade out of it over the last, you know, six, seven weeks of the season. So you have guys, private mentioned A.T. Perry, who's probably going to get a bigger workload if MT is expected to miss significant time. Now that Kyler is back, Michael Wilson back with the team after an injury. So you have guys like them at JSN finally carving out a role with DK and with Lockett over in Seattle. Kravit, give me a receiver or running back. Give me someone who's had a relatively calm, quiet rookie season so far that has the potential to take his game to another level over the last six weeks. You left me the easiest one, and I appreciate you for it. He caught his first career touchdown this past weekend in the highest-scoring game of the NFL season. He sort of lucked into it a little bit, had four receptions on four targets, 35 yards, and a touchdown. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not saying he's going to win you your league, but he can contribute. He might help win you a week. His name is Quinton Johnston. And I understand he's still low on the pecking order. Jalen Guyton is back, and he immediately contributed. Keenan Allen had 14 catches for a 40-and-a-half-point game. Absolutely ridiculous. And, of course, the Chargers aren't going to score 38 points a game. But I think as the year progresses and as he continues to get more and more familiar with this offense and the chemistry with Justin Herbert continues to grow, who's to say Quentin Johnston, who was a first-round pick, by the way, at a TCU, and people are begging him not to be the next TCU receiver to bust, like Jalen Rager was. But if he's able to succeed and be the receiver that the Chargers want him to be, sky's the limit for him. And I doubt he's available on many dynasty waiver wires, unless you're in a ridiculously shallow league. And if that's the case, transfer to redraft anyway. But... I do feel like Quinton Johnson has been showing signs he's ready to take that next step. And I think that as long as he continues to show that he's willing to 
and Herbert keeps looking his way, he'll be all right the rest of the year. He'll be able to be subbed in as a flex or even your wide receiver three if necessary. You know, you did get me thinking for a second. Because did you hurt yourself? No, I actually do it quite often. But okay. you talking about Johnson being a TCU receiver, another one to fail. You mentioned Jalen Rager. And in my head, I think I'm still missing one, but then Josh Dotson comes to mind, another TCU receiver that have high expectations have failed. I feel like I'm missing another one. Was there – I'm trying to think. Help me see if uh, – or maybe it was Dotson himself. There was a small, really fast wide receiver or two that was supposed to be a game-breaker. I don't remember if he was drafted also by Washington or by Cincinnati back in the day. Oh, this John is- Ross? John Ross, thank you very much. See, this is why Let's we're go. a good team. So, hey. in the last few years, we got John Ross, we got Josh Dotson, we have Jalen Rager, and now we got Quinton Johnston. This is not a good legacy of high-end wide receivers that end up failing in the NFL. I I don't know. I mean, it's not it's not like teams were laughing at the Eagles. You know, it's not like teams were laughing at the Chargers like they laughed at the Eagles when they took Rager over Justin Jefferson. To be fair, twenty other teams also took anybody over Justin Jefferson. So, like that's that's the thing I don't know is like sometimes yes, you take need, and obviously you have draft grades and everything. Wide receiver not necessarily the biggest need for most teams. But the same thing, like, 11 other people took whoever they took over J.J. Watt in his draft. There's some people, like, if you're ranked that high and you're looking at video and you just look at pictures of some of these guys, the simple eye test would tell you, I shouldn't take, like, anybody over that guy. Yeah. There's very few people. I say, like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it's overcomplicated. It's really kind of simple sometimes, right? <laughs> like... I mean, we're not in the room, so I, I, I don't think that we could say that mm. to an extent. Right? I mean, <laughs> as, as much as I think that you and I could be the front office of any NFL team and be fairly successful, I'm not sure how actually realistic that is. Yeah, probably not, but yeah. I don't know it feels right. I just mean, like, if I saw a picture of J.J. Watt, I would think I'm drafting <laughs> yes. that guy in the top two or three. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that was pretty accurate for most people. I, I could be You're wrong. wrong. Just, well, we can find That's out. Fair. Um, That's fair. Kravitz, we will have a show next Tuesday, a Thanksgiving will? show. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So we'll have a Thanksgiving show. Thanksgiving's always fun. And we have a, we'll break down some of those games, get into the holiday spirit as we do. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. I'll be at the game for Black Friday. Oh, you'll be there? I'll be there. Because nice. we have a Black Friday game. Actually, awesome. you may be coming with me. I don't know. Oh, well, you... I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. This, this is... I I, I mean... Uh, what's her face? I'm, uh, Phoebe, Phoebe said it best. This is brand new information. Yes, we, we love brand new information. Brand we'll have much more brand new information for you guys next week as we really get into the stretch run for this fantasy season, as well as kind of start the process of breaking down which rookies we had the best rookie year, and also which ones we should start targeting for next year, because it's never too early to start doing that. Uh, So we'll be back next Tuesday with another episode of First Down Dynasty. As always, you're listening on the Sports Ethos Network. 
have a good night, everybody.